Welcome, citizen, to the Watchtower. My name is Gary. And my name is Ben, and we'll be your guides as you peruse the archives of the world's greatest superhero group, the Justice League. And we hope that you'll join us on today's adventure. Welcome to episode 52, Starcrossed, part 3. Hawkgirl returns to the Thanagarian warship, but is arrested as it, as it is revealed that she abetted the Justice League. The League uses her intel to hatch a plan to destroy the generator, involving taking down its force field and jettisoning the Watchtower into it. They split up, culminating in a bunch of fights, and eventually Green Lantern and Hawkman have a You Was Mackin' On My Girl showdown. The League is victorious, but Hawkgirl can't face them considering her deception, and leaves the League to rebuild without her. Mm. Bittersweet yeah. finale. A lot to unpack here. And, I mean, I guess. There, I, I, we've unpacked most of it. It's just, it's it's uh, repacking at this point, maybe. Yeah. This is this is pretty solid, I think, as a, as a finale. Yeah. As, as things go. Um, let's, let's get into it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, Hawkgirl returning and immediately being arrested for treason is is kind of funny. You know, <laughs> the the traitor being betrayed is a is a good one. Mm-hmm. Is you know, we the... were talking about she was doing a double cross. Well, she kind of got double crossed a little right. bit, right? <laughs> or triple crossed or whatever. I think we're up to like sextuple crossed at this point. Something like that. <laughs> um, uh, Hawkman does not take kindly to this and like looks betrayed this is when i started thinking of him as aquaman where he's like he no he's a good person who is just willing to sacrifice a lot to protect what's his right and like i i thought that there was a very humanizing element to that interaction there is and then i think he goes on to lose the human element as as the episode rolls along but i agree this was a good like moment to downplay the villainy and and play up the empathy the way they do that is by having hawk sergeant on set Mm -hmm. as as like a barometer like yes he's a yes hawkman is a shit but he's not king shit right like that's hawk sergeant who starts saying i told you so to hawkman and (laughs) gets punched in the face (laughs) yeah which i've been waiting for that smug face to get punched so good stuff it's very rewarding yes we also get to see Hawkgirl with her mask ripped off yet again, and she still looks amazing. She does look amazing. It means something different in Hawk society, in Thanagar society. Yeah. You know, if if a person kindly takes off your mask, that's uh, that's an advance of affection. Mm-hmm. If it's ripped off to you, that's like stripping you of your rank. I think. Well, yep, exactly. That's what I thought. Like they, she even got the insignia, which was the. With the hawk insignia she got ripped off of her like chest plate or whatever mm-hmm. um because it was the tracker thing so they wanted to show that and like i read that as being demoted or dressed down or or something to that yeah effect yep the, the imagery very much sells that she is persona non grata on Vanagar. right and while they're doing that the league plans I, we get this little line from Superman where uh, Batman is like praising the design of it. And he's like, it's ingenious. He's like, yeah, I'm impressed. Let's go wreck it. And then he removes the glasses, <laughs> right. which is like, we, we talk a lot about how much the costume represents where they are internally on this show. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's like, I need to go fuck something up and then immediately rips off the glasses is such a Clark Kent thing. I love it. 
It's very good. Uh, and while they're trying to work out how to exactly take it down, they decide to split up into groups, right? Mm -hmm. uh, half of them are going to go to the Watchtower to take that back for reasons that Batman has not told them. And uh, the other half are going to go to the Thanagar airship and uh, shut down the force field on the airship to take out the generator that it's guarding. I think right. that is the, the stated reason. I, I got a little bit... The plot was a little light because the emotion was very heavy in mm -hmm. this arc. So I, I, I kind of had to write it down. And even now, I'm a little confused on why they do things they, they do. Same. Yeah. You, you did you get that uh that feeling during the arc like they're kind of leaving a lot of the plot parts in the gutter because they didn't want to deal with plot because because <laughs> I mean the important part about this is all emotional and internal it's it's not really I, I almost felt like there weren't stakes yeah except that like except that we wanted Hawkgirl to be one of us mm -hmm. like the stakes felt like which side is Hawkgirl going to be on. Yeah, 100%. That was more important than any sort of world-ending threat that was happening. And it is technically a world-ending threat, but it doesn't really feel... Like, the closest we get is martial law that the Hawk people throw down. Mm -hmm. But even that, is, it feels more like an inconvenience than anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. I mean, has... In the history of this show, has there been a more dire situation? Has something literally threatened to implode Earth... I'd... Earth itself, um, I guess, like the Imperium blotting out the sun is pretty close. That is pretty close, but that can kind of be reversed at any time. So, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Once once you go boom, you kind of don't come back from that. So, yeah. It's, I mean, literally, the stakes I think could be said have never been higher, and they don't mm. feel at all important. I guess they were just as high in the Death of Superman arc, but that was modified a bit by the fact that they had a big dumb bug fight in the middle of it so <laughs> it was there was nothing this serious that treated itself seriously and i guess that remains true it doesn't it doesn't really treat itself like a world-ending threat does yeah. it? yeah no it doesn't i think huh. it tries to but it's it's packing a little bit light in the plot department to really give the uh the sense of urgency agreed which i i think i forgive it of that it's just is weird to do for a finale arc to not care about the stakes. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about it at the time. Like everything ebbed and flowed pretty well. I, I thought, you know, the moving pictures were fine and I was, you know, in along for the ride. But in hindsight, yeah, that's a big dot, dot, dot for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and again, because all of the internal conflict is so powerful, it's very easy to ignore the plot, which is what I ended up doing, more right. or less. Right. So, yes, it's a weakness, but it's not one of the pillars upon which this arc is stable. Right. It's not a load-bearing plot. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> it's it's it, it's kind of fine. Right. And and to it, make it's up just for kind of weird. To make up for it, they uh, you, you got to watch where you step because they throw Easter eggs everywhere. Oh yeah, uh, in this in this uh, bat cave sequence, it's it's pretty wild. Oh, tell me, tell me some Easter eggs. I, I'm I'm jumping ahead just a little bit after oh, the that's hawk, okay. after the hawk folks have come into the bat cave and the fight is happening. Yeah, within, within the cave, uh, you well, can Alfred see. Well, Alfred buys them time. He does. He puts oh, up a, his dukes. Oh, that's a great sequence too. As he's walking across the living room and you it's see the so ship good. coming down, I love it. 
Um, and, and then he, this he's been in this situation before. He's a secret agent. He puts up his he, he like love Marcus of Queensbury rules boxing stance. I would have loved for him to get at least one hit in, but I, you know, instead he just kind of gets thrown to the floor. Yeah, which you know, I, I the point was that he wanted to fight. I love it. Yeah, I know, I know. But even <laughs> even if the punch, even if the punch had been like a a whimper, you know, I would have still yeah. liked to have seen him land one. But it is it is what it is. Uh, but in the Batcave, there's all sorts of stuff sitting around, including Mad Hatter's hat. I noticed, uh, Mister. Yeah, the pennies there, the dino, uh, the aforementioned dino in, in our mm-hmm. last episode. Uh, Mr. Freeze's gun plays a significant part in the sequence. It and does. Also, Wesker's dummy, Scarface, is in a case. No, I didn't the one check that got see... lobotomized? Yeah, I didn't check to see if he still had the dots on his head or not. But that was, I think that was alternate Earth. Oh, that's. I think you're right. Yeah, that was, that was, that was the Justice Lords uh, area. That's right. Because, like... Joker's still kicking around. He's not being made into a concierge for the Justice Lord's amusement on this planet. That, that's that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> he's busy taking over TV stations to <laughs> pretend he's a game show host. It's a totally different Earth. Yep. And can I just say, I'm so thankful no one got lobotomized in this finale. It was a it was a, it was touch and go there for a while, <laughs> but we we threaded the needle. We did. But yeah, lots of, and I'm sure I missed some things too, but there there were lots of neat little details hidden in the Batcave sequence. Yeah, I, I didn't notice the, the the dummy. That's a that's a good, it's a good call. I'm always uh, looking for that damn dummy. <laughs> He's got to be some around here somewhere. I, I love Scarface. Not only do we have good, um, good Easter eggs here, we also have some solid fight sequence. Yeah. We again get that teamwork thing that we keep talking about when Wonder Woman uh lasso's one of them and like does like the rodeo like mario spinning bowser kind of thing with a rope and john just clotheslines him love it john clotheslines him with the with just sticks an arm out and just like totally dumpsters this dude so good oh so good clark gets a little uh gets a little sassy due to alfred's influence he's like let's use our inside voice and (laughs) punches a dude out uh and what was the other one? Oh yeah, uh, he uses his uh, his super breath to redirect the freeze ray that one of them picks up. Right. Which may be the first instance of super breath in Justice League. Fact check. I think so. I don't remember him doing it before then. Mm-mm. Generally, if they need a a wind thing, uh, you know, Flash just just conjures one with his arms. <laughs> Gary is pantomiming Flash <laughs> making tornadoes with his arms. <laughs> what i do the 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 fight scene is triumphant in a way that it needs to be they put their costumes back on they are justice league again we we we're rounding out the entire arc the way it should be done right the first part is uh is you know um is the is is the whodunit segment this the second part is the down but not out segment and the three the third part is the triumphant return Back and better than ever, baby. It's an important thing to do for a finale of a part three mm-hmm. and an important thing to do for a series as a whole. So I really appreciated the like the the, the the flow of this arc is damn near impeccable, in my opinion. That's true. Like the arc as a whole, like goes through the 
everything's kind of smooth. Well, there's a little bit of a problem, and then the bottom falls out of your stomach at the end of the first episode, which is a great way to start our, you know, depowering arc in the second episode. Yep. Uh, And the triumphant return with the return of the costumes and just a total, like, ass-smattering fight sequence in the uh, the Batcave. (laughs) It's a phrase. And it even rounds out with a good, another good uh, Alfred line. Yeah. Which I don't know if you took note of. Oh, I did. <laughs> Mind the glass, sir. Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, get that one. Oh, yeah, as they're leaving and he's like sweeping up. <laughs> he's, he's, mind the glass, sir, as, they, as they're all descending the stairs where there's just <laughs> yeah. like a bunch of bodies on the floor. <laughs> and uh, shortly thereafter, he's, he, I, it might be right after that sequence. He, it's him still sweeping and he goes, He's standing over one of these hawkmen, like crumpled up on the ground, and he said, "I asked Master Bruce to refrain from leaving trash in the yard." Which oh yeah, yeah, getting a couple licks in there. What a sasshole! He's he's been he's he's done this for years. He knows this oh, yeah. horror. He does. He's he's the best. So they they need to they need to confiscate the hawk ship in order to get onto the mothership, but in order to do so. Jean needs to read Hawk Sergeant's mind for the passcodes and to be able to shapeshift it into him or something. But they all have that telepathy resistance, so he just tries harder. If there was one part that I think was like not well fleshed out in the arc, I think it'd be this one. Yeah. I don't hate it intrinsically. I just think that it pulls focus in order to give Jean a win. Mm-hmm. Like how how easy would it have been to say it's the nth metal? take off that dude's helmet, and then read his mind. Right. Instead, they had to have him put some extra juice into his mind-reading abilities. I guess, yeah. I, I, to me, it's it's just it's the same fever dream nonsense that we've seen in past episodes that I, I don't love. And, and this one has him being essentially torn apart by crows, although these guys are hawks, so I'm a little bit confused on that. Yeah, um, weird metaphor. A uh, partial disagreement, though. There is one cool thing in his mindscape, mm-hmm. which is there's like there's all this like kind of ancient architecture. Mm-hmm. Like they, it, it feels kind of Roman Roman Greco or something. Yeah, because there's these big stone statues of Hawkman and somebody else, and right. a crumpled statue, like a beheaded statue, of Hawk Girl. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that means, like, he has written her off. Like, he used to respect her as mm. kind of an icon of the movement or of his commander or something. But since the betrayal, uh, in his mindscape, Hawk Sergeant has written her off. Hmm, that's interesting. So I, th- I think that that at least is a good image. Doesn't have place in the episode. Like, we don't... <laughs> I, I think it's just, it, it pulls too much focus to give Jean a win. He's already winning. He's right. always winning. He's yeah. the photographer. He... <laughs> what more do you need? Say cheese. I, <laughs> I, 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 so, like, th- there are two sequences in this that are particularly brutal, I feel like. One is the crows devouring Jean sequence, and then the other is this scene back in the Batcave where Batman throws his uh, battering into the chest plate of these warriors, and then like it sends off this frequency that makes oh, all the bats yeah. in the cave like rip them apart. And, yeah, a lot of uh, bat, a lot of bird carnage. Yeah, and apparently that's a thing. I looked it up. Apparently that's a, a thing that he did. Oh, like in, sonar. 
yeah, he, he has some sort of sonar attack that he uses in a couple of movies and also, I think, in Batman Beyond. I feel like that's a uh, a thing that could not be done in real life but is allowed yeah. by dint of comic book explanation where comic book writers are like, uh, echolocation, uh, sonic weapon, they, like close enough together that you throw something with sonic emitter, it pisses the bats. I don't know. Look, because <laughs> I don't think that's how echolocation works. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that wouldn't work. Well, in an episode with Nth Metal, I'm fine with this. Oh, Nth Metal is the worst. No matter how dumb it is, it won't be the dumbest thing. No, no, no. This is fairly, relatively grounded. <laughs> uh, we're back on the Hawkman, Hawkgirl uh, dilemma. You know, we we kind of set it aside for a moment, but now Hawkman realizes that Hawkgirl betrayed him and needs to talk to her. Right. And, and, and mostly talks about how he, she was macking with Jon Stewart. <laughs> Right. Which is, say what you will about the man. I found his dialogue really engaging and relatable. Mm-hmm. Not like because I'm a jealous lover or anything, but just because he's so, he's he's so clearly like emotionally torn up about it. Like yeah. he, he recognizes, it, he just sounds desperate and not desperate to win the cause desperate for her to love him mm-hmm. he's like tell me it meant nothing right. i need to i need to hear it mm-hmm. like there's there's tragedy in his voice i think oh yeah yeah 100 percent. i i don't know like i say i feel like there's sort of a turn where he just snaps and and becomes barbaric bad guy uh because it fits the plot it's a little too abrupt yeah yeah, but I like this part at least. Well, I mean, it's it's not the most ridiculous thing. It is kind of abrupt, but seeing that your that 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 your woman is in love with someone else and then immediately taking it out on her in anger mm-hmm. by doing the thing she doesn't want you to do, I don't know. I feel like that still reads. Yeah, like a jealous lover can be vengeful toward the new person or toward um, the ex lover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hawkman shows both because he's greedy, so he <laughs> wants revenge on both of them. Right. But uh, yeah, this is where I started stopped thinking of him as a monster because he's not. He is a patriot that doesn't mind killing an entire planet, which is effectively a monster, like on paper. But <laughs> this this colors him somewhat more than Hawk Sergeant, which is I, I think the point. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, the league fights back. Uh, that we we split into two teams. Batman, Flash, and Jean get to the watchtower and crash land the whole thing to plummet into the generator. Uh, yeah, it just kind of happens. Uh, Batman does the dumb self-sacrifice thing, unfortunately, <laughs> and uh, and jettisons the pod with Flash and Jean in there so he can drive the thing into the canyon himself right and this is another this is one of two independence day moments <laughs> i'm back yeah it I'm is back. <laughs> <laughs> the other is the dog fight that superman wonder woman and green lantern are going on oh yeah That's as, true. as they as they go to the mothership and all they, they summon all the bogeys to defend it this just feels like an independence day ripoff to me it really does. I, I didn't think about it at the time, but yeah, that's that's accurate. That's the way it feels to me. Um, yeah. I, I also, they're going to crash the watchtower. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. I also, once I heard that, I was like, is that 
the reason that the Watchtower was grounded in the dark future that uh, Vandal Savage and Superman were in? And oh. no, because the past was changed, but I like right. the idea that that was going to happen no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, the sort of uh, in- inertia to mm-hmm. to history. Right. Like, the, the Watchtower had to be grounded at some point. Well, you, you went a lot deeper than I did. I just wondered where we were going to podcast next week. <laughs> But yeah, this uh, this culminates with Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, and Supes going inside the Armada. And Wonder Woman appears outside Hawkgirl's prison. Mm. And this is this is pretty this is a pretty scathing look that she gives her. There are, are feelings of betrayal pretty deep in Jon Stewart for Hawkgirl. Mm-hmm. But I got the feeling that they're mostly sad. Yeah. Diana is raging this is this is amazonian rage power yeah i mean pardon my language but she is ticked off i mean (laughs) she is totally (laughs) to'd you can see it uh it it reads really well yeah she says it through through the uh through the bars of this prison and she's like i should leave you to burn that's right yeah she does say that and she she does end up freeing her with a sword slash and then leaves Mm -hmm. which by the way her with a sword looks fantastic but yeah, and then then she leaves. I, I I don't know. I got real chills over how like vicious the attitude was, but I I liked it. Yep, yep. It was really good. And uh, Green Lantern goes after the force field control, but uh, Darth Maul. I'm sorry, Hawkman <laughs> defends it personally. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Look, it's a circular room with a MacGuffin in the middle of it, dude. It is. You are I very correct. If they're not trying to evoke that Darth Maul fight and there's it's even a 2v1 fight where one of them gets knocked out and the other one picks up his mantle like it if they're not trying to evoke that scene in Star Wars Mm -hmm. I don't know man (laughs) I call shenanigans and clearly Flash is Jar Jar so it it checks out of course he is (laughs) because just like Jar Jar we know he's beautiful underneath (laughs) Misa go fast yeah he's it's very good (laughs) thank you it's also not a bad not a bad Jar Jar impression, which you should not be proud of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we have the kind of big showdown. Jon Stewart and showdowns just do right by one another, you know? I'm not they, sure about his dialogue. He had one with Vandal Savage. He's his... Do you want to tell me what you mean by that? <laughs> do you have evidence for your claim, good sir? <laughs> is there a particular line that is really really ham-handed and doesn't belong anywhere near In a the kids scene? cartoon uh oh that's not the problem well you know that's not it's the problem a bit of a problem eh. I, I don't know uh but I yeah think it's just super corny <laughs> yeah he does he does tell uh uh hawkman to uh kiss my axe and then Boo. yeah Energy forms acts. an axe and it's 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 awful uh leave yeah. the jokes to flash bro it's it's also a bad fight yeah it looks good though it's animated well but yeah. it does that thing that i complained about one one or two times ago where it's just and they fight and one of them gets the upper hand right like there isn't that much to it it's not like a there isn't like a, a natural turning point where someone gets the upper hand because of something they noticed or because they recognize 
a truth about themselves or they reach down for some emotional resonance or I, I don't know, something. Mm-hmm. It's just one of them is winning and then the other one is winning and then one of them is winning again. Right. It just right. it just kind of happens. They just fight for a while. There's there's no better way to put it than they fight for a while and Green Lantern goes down eventually. And 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 then it becomes Star Wars all over again because then you've got the opponent to the lead stepping in to fight for good again. You know, mm-hmm. like even though she was never bad, I mean, no. It's still you know, he doesn't know that. So she swoops in to save him, then he has to swoop in to save her again and it's all very formulaic. It is formulaic. It's got a bunch of macho dialogue that they have at each other. Right. Um, There was one part that I thought was good dialogue, which is Green Lantern says, uh, I didn't steal anything. She was, uh, I didn't, I didn't steal anything that was freely given. Maybe you should keep better track of your stuff, which, okay, you're objectifying women. But like, I, (laughs) I like the sentiment that like, no, dude, she didn't choose me randomly. Yeah. She wasn't really yours to begin with, you know? Right. Like, so I, I, get the, I get the importance behind the dialogue, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah, for sure. I kind of just wasn't having most of his dialogue here. Yeah. They, they used up all their dialogue budget with Alfred, I guess. <laughs> I think so. It's, it's almost embarrassing that it's the same writers. It's also embarrassing how the whole thing finishes because he yeah. blows up the he he kills the lantern ring with the axe or with a mace or something. Mm-hmm. The lantern ring is broken. GL gets back up to fight him and then antagonizes Hawkman into blowing up his own force field. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> That's a little thin. <laughs> not crazy about that. You're not wrong. Also, is this a force field around the force field generator for the plot? Uh, <laughs> I do like the way it looks, though. Like the the yeah. center of this room with like a kind of shimmery column of light. Mm-hmm. To uh, you know, it it very clearly animation wise communicate hands off, no touchy. Right. Yeah. So it, I, it, I like that. To me, it immediately translated a video game boss fight. Yeah. Something. I mean, the whole lines. room did. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a weak final boss fight, though. I don't know. I didn't hate it as it was happening, but it also just kind of felt like this is this is this is the finale. This is what we're doing. I was kind of done with it, to be yeah. honest. By this point, like everyone has said the things they've needed to say. Mm-hmm. All of the internal conflict is wrapped up with Hawk Girl and the team, and Hawk Girl and Hawk Man. So right. all that's left to do is have Green Lantern and Hawk Man have it out. Right. And it could have been cleaner. Yeah. Like it's just sort of busy. It is. And then they have that really forced, I can't turn the dial myself, but I got someone to help me to do it. And put Hawkgirl puts the hands over the over John, and they both do it together. Yeah. It's, it's as much as I like, I like this arc a good amount. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is a, this is a bit of a letdown. <laughs> yeah. I'll agree with that. And this is sort of, I like, I feel like I came in really hot in episode 50 talking about how much I liked this finale arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do. It's all act two. I mean, it, I, it I is mean, all act two. Yeah. Most of it is episode two. And and like the whole flow of the arc is this, the final fight where Hawkman and Green Lantern are finally talking mm-hmm. and their fight is a metaphor for their, you know, which one of them is a better man for 
uh, Hawkgirl, presumably. But it just... uh, So I like the fight being there and being between them, and just the way it played out felt uh, unimpactful. Agreed. Busy. Yeah. Mm. Also, his fat look... His fat lip doesn't look bruised. I don't know what... uh, He looks bad with yeah. the with with the black eye and the fat lip. They don't use discoloration. So audience try to imagine a black eye and a fat lip with no discoloration. It looks like you've been left out in the sun too long. <laughs> it it, is, it does not look good. No, not at all. Just give him a black eye. You said kiss my axe. I know you're it's within your power to <laughs> do a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It is it is uh, but yeah, I mean, you saw him get cut up and beat up pretty bad. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the stakes were real. I just kind of didn't care. I, I wanted more of a resolution between Hawkgirl and Green Lantern than I cared about this final boss fight. I wanted it to happen, but I, I wanted it to not be uh, so much of a two men punching each other, brouhaha, rumble, macho attitude kind of fiesta. Like, it just get in there and get out. We don't need to have... Like the stakes are real, mm-hmm. you, you don't need to heighten them. But anyway, this is Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacking a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> in any case, there's just a couple of plot points to to round up. Superman rescues Batman from his suicide attempt, presumably to jettison the Watchtower and go down with the ship. Yep, it is cute because it's very cute. Superman saving Batman, having him in that cradle position, taking him out of the fire, like. Like like a fireman from a burning building, <laughs> which is how every romance should start. Yep, Nicholas Sparks wrote Starcrossed Part Three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Green Lantern and Hawkgirl are surrounded by the Thanagarians, but uh, Wonder Woman comes back in to try to defend them. And then Hawkman, seeing that the generator is gone, realizes his mission is over. Realizes his girl is lost to him, and says. I'm not actually trying to kill people just for the lulls. If there's no Thanagar to save, we're done here. We don't need to be here anymore. I'm not an asshole. I'm just committed to my planet. Right. And I'm sure he believes that, and he leaves. Right. Which is a good a good wrap-up for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think that he's just doing evil as a good guy. Yeah, that's that's fair. And then we have the final scene of play, which is everybody retires to Wayne Manor to uh, uh, to 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 suss out what to do with Hawkgirl. And she's waiting in the waiting room. Alfred serving her tea and giving her an Attagirl speech. Yep. And she's she's wearing street clothes. This is the first time we've seen oh, her in street clothes. I didn't even note it. Yeah. Well, it's really just like a white shirt and some some pants. And yeah. uh, but she's still got her wings. So does she have? Does she have the mask on? No mask. Oh, wow. So, I guess that is a little foreshadowing that she is abdicating her position on the Watchtower. And yeah. probably for Thanagar. Because she's not going back to Thanagar. So she nope. she doesn't know what she is anymore. The it's mask true. was every identity that she had. She's a lost little puppy. Maybe this is foreshadowing for in a couple minutes. <laughs> Don't spoil it. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, they have a roundtable discussion at this cute little coffee table mm. in like one of the back rooms. Like yeah. this is not a meeting room. No, it's not. This is like for this is like where they play Pinochle. You would think that Bruce would have at least one meeting room in his mansion. He's, though. Oh, undoubtedly he does. Probably twelve. 
I think it's cute that they're around this little table. Yeah. Jean with the uh, with the emotional response. I like how they all have kind of different feelings on it, so we don't have a clear picture of whether they're going to vote for or against. Jean is being like, we're all she has now. Let's be lenient because, of course, that's his... That's that's where he comes down on. Um, Wonder Woman is like we should, we absolutely cannot trust her anymore. Never again. Mm-hmm. And just yeah, they're, they're just I love the I love the politicking, the inter-party politicking that uh, the Justice League has to do for a traitor. And and let me also add this: we get mm-hmm. we get everyone's perspective except for Batman's, who whenever he finally speaks, he just says, "Are we ready to vote?" Yeah, we, and I think that. That going around in circles pretty well because he wouldn't play, you know, he wouldn't lay the cards on the table like that. He would just silently vote, move on with his life. And, uh, I like that. I don't know if we get John's perspective. It's also possible that Batman knows that the vote doesn't matter. True. Oh, that's (laughs) because it's Batman. (laughs) He's already got it figured out. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, they call her in and she gives a, this is what the justice league means to me speech, which, feels like a little bit forced end of a finale speech kind of thing to me you mean what it is uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of what it is <laughs> it's a good way to round out the series i suppose and yeah. it is like the ultimate defrosting ice queen move to where like i was opening up a little mm-hmm. but i still had to keep my cards cards close to the chest because i had this spy thing now yep. i have nothing that I'm hiding so I can be completely open about my affection for all of you. Mm. And it's super cute. And Wonder Woman never stops gazing, like staring daggers at her, which is like when she's looking around the entire, I love like the camera pans across each of them and they're all just like stoic. Yes, we're hearing you. We're listening. And she's just frowning and like meet you out in the parking lot. I like to think that this is where the term resting bitch face came from. because (laughs) She has it. It's stuck there now. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, they don't need to vote. Or the vote didn't matter because she just resigns. Mm-hmm. She needs to figure herself out. And yep. she can't uh, She can't be on the team knowing what she did. So she Flash gives her a hug, which is very cute. Love it. Yeah. He just runs she up is. to her and you know, hugs her like a kid would. And then I, I imagine he just runs away and slams the door to his room. That That is exactly what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Like, he really does feel like mommy and dad are, why are you fighting? Right. Kind of the whole time. But, uh, yeah, the she has a proper goodbye with John, saying it was never fake with you. I always meant what I said. And uh, the League agrees to rebuild without her. Yeah. That's it. And that is a, that's a finale, baby. That is a finale. And, and we knew, I mean, they knew that that relationship was important. All, just with the way that they ran its course all throughout the series and the fact that it was it was the finale moment of the finale yeah. you know like that that sells i mean it we knew hard. that since they felt the need to shoehorn it in before the finale yeah in the, in the joker episode but that's uh, true yeah that was uh that was a little rough but <laughs> anyway i've got a character highlight for you oh it is hawk girl we have not talked about her yet believe it or not makes sense yeah, Shaira Hall is her name. At least if this car- incarnation is, there has been several over the years. But the original Hawkgirl, Shaira Sanders Hall, was created by writer Gardner Fox and artist Dennis Neville. 
and appeared in Flash Comics number one of January 1940, which I think was also when Hawkman appeared. Same year. When the Hawkman cameth. Uh, and she started showing up in the uh, Justice League uh, and Justice Society of America titles uh, pretty early on. She's one of the earliest members, apparently. All of uh, all of the the Hawk girls have the same kind of multiple choice backstory that the Hawkmans did. Like maybe she's from Thanagar, or maybe she was an Egyptian princess that got reincarnated. Or but she's always got kind of the wings, the the nth metal tech, the mace. The mace is is a big thing with her and all Thanagarians, so it's all pretty consistent. Her history is impossibly complex, because apparently DC went back and forth on what they wanted to do with her. So, like, they initially kept the continuity unchanged after the Crisis of Infinite Earths, but DC reversed the decision and rebooted the Hawkman continuity after the success of the Hawkworld miniseries. Uh, And she was Hawkwoman in that... Mm. Uh, but that never really went anywhere. She, uh, and and I don't actually have a lot of notes for her that aren't just, this is what a hawk person is, because (laughs) I, I don't think that she really has much of a unique history other than I am, I am from Thanagar. Right. Uh, the, the one thing that I did find that was of interest was she, at one point, I think in Unlimited, Jon Stewart goes into the future, uh, and sees, that he has had a son with her hmm. named Warhawk. Uh, or at least that's what his, his superhero handle is. So uh, apparently after the events of uh, Justice League, at some point they get together. All right. They get back together. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. And I can see that this is probably the most interesting uh, Hulk girl has ever been. Because they really did a lot with her character in this series, I think. I'm kind of amazed that they chose her as a seventh member of the cast, given it's true. given that I haven't really seen her in much else. Like this, this feels like a uh, a wild card choice for how do we get someone else? We need a lady to kind of round out the sexes a little bit, right? And Hawkgirl was available, I guess. I I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, you would think that they would use someone else. I don't know who necessarily. Yeah. You don't really want to go Kara because Superman. Superman's right there, is yeah. Right there. Um, I, I and John's know. using her room. John is using her her room at Kent Farm. So <laughs> That's right. That one. That wouldn't work. <laughs> Staring at her Shanna Squires posters. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I'm I, I'm not well versed enough in the franchise to really think like who would be a good replacement for her. But I think as it exists, she works out very well. And she's a low-stakes character that they did a lot with. I've seen enough anime where I'm, like, relatively done with the Tsundere archetype. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the terminology, but uh, the, the, the girl who, the, the, the girl who doth protest too much, mm-hmm. the one who argues with your, her because she really likes you, she's kind of has the two, uh, the two phases Right. One which is really sweet and shy and the other which is like really aggressive. Right. This is maybe one of the best arcs I've seen for someone like that. Mm. It all read to me pretty naturally within the course of the series and in the finale specifically. So I'm right there with you. I think she's one of my favorite characters probably in the show. Right. And uh, 
there are, are a lot of them. So, <laughs> yeah, she's 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 very good. Yep. Uh, I don't know if I said it previously, but the wings that are made of nth metal, they just have power over gravity. So at times we said, I don't know why she's not flapping her wings. Apparently that's just for show. Oh, okay. <laughs> they can fly <laughs> without using. I I have no idea. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah. I liked better when we didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh that that's that's Hawkgirl. That's cool. That's that's yeah. great. And what a uh what a character to go out on. I wish I had more notes for her, but honestly, most of her character development happened in this arc. Right. So it, it's it is hard to give you more context than what we've been talking about for the past three weeks. Yeah, that's fair. I I totally get it. Um. And yeah, uh, I guess that's that, huh? That's that. What? I'm glad that we. I'm glad I did not forget to include her in the roster. Uh, let's get to episode highlights now. Actually, you did. You did neglect to mention one very important person who came back for this arc or this wrap up. Snapper Carr gave us uh, a nice closing bit. That's right, Snapper Carr reporting. That's right. I actually wrote it in my notes, but I thought we were going long, so I skipped it. Yeah. I, I wrote it too, so I was like, I'll circle back to that. Um, God, I love that Jason Marsden. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. He's He is a wonderful voice and person. Um, yeah, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> what is your episode highlight? It's got to be Alfred putting up his dukes. <laughs> I, man, that got me. I mean, as, a, as an amateur boxer, I... I applaud anyone who takes a boxing stance when intruders <laughs> are knocking at the gate and this is a this is the hawk armada right what what is his plan <laughs> i don't know what his plan is he puts up his dukes and tries to fight him i love it it's very it's good. good it it has it has double meaning one because it gives you alfred's tenacity but it also is some levity in a relatively you know heavy emotional episode so that is true yeah how about you? My uh, episode highlight is uh, Kiss My Ex. No, it's whenever... Oh, I'm glad uh, that we both hated that, by the way. <laughs> right after um, Superman saves Batman and, and Batman comes to, I forget exactly what Superman says to him, but I think, I think he says... always trying to be the hero. Yeah, that's right. And Batman says, right back at you. And for the first time in the series, he smiles. Was it the first time? I'm pretty sure it's the first time. As Batman, not as Bruce Wayne. Right, right. Very um, possibly. Yeah, because there was even a m- remark made uh, by someone saying that how he never smiles um, mm. in, in one of the other parts of this arc. So I didn't catch that. Very nice. So it was, just, it was just a, a coy little smile. Um, and if it's not the first, I'm still just happy anytime Batman's happy, so. Only, only soups could get him, get it out of him. It's true. It's true. I feel like if he smiled at any other point, it was because of Superman. And it may have happened in the third part of the first arc, now that I think about it. But Very possible. That was a long time ago. That was a whole year ago, Ben. God damn. Lots <laughs> happened since then. A lot has. Empires have risen and fallen. <laughs> uh <laughs> We uh we 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 had a run in with Lobo, which always feels like it takes years. Uh, it's 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 been a wild ride. Yeah, I was wor- I wasn't sure if you were talking about real life or the cartoon with the empires of risen and fallen. I was talking about real life. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, 
But yeah. Lobo stopped by just the other day and just like, oof. He really wrecks the feng shui of the place, if you know what I mean. This guy again, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Nice Rodney Dangerfield impression. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) No respect. No respect from this Lobo guy. Uh, But yeah, so uh, Ben, until, well, that. That's Justice League. Gary. Yes. You forget yourself. I do forget There's myself. No next time. That's the show, Park right? Girl's gone, so we also need to leave. Yep. Uh, as but, our bylaw states. But I think it's important that we we circle back at least one more time to just sort of wrap things up. So, one more Friday in the month, and that means one more episode to go. So we are going to come back and do a recap episode where we discuss the series as a whole really pick our favorite parts, our favorite characters, et cetera, et cetera, and figure it out. I'll, I'll agree to your terms, Gary. Okay. All right. And you promise it's not just a ploy to get me onto a podcast where we invade a different podcast from inside their podcast and sacrifice our own as fuel. I make no promises. <sighs> spicy. You're sp- such a spicy boy. <laughs> I'm eating some spicy hot chips on the side here, which is why I'm thinking of spicy because it's in like my field of vision and I'm just thinking spicy all day. Oh, that's all right. I understand. I have a Spice Girls record right over there. So I'm always is that why I spicy. said hot sauce in the first. That might have been whatever. It. We're going over now. So <laughs> let's just leave. Yeah. So uh, be sure to tune in next time. And until the finale wrap up of this show, what? Uh, where how how can people find you ben uh i can be found in uh wayne manor's office room i have booked it for uh for in perpetuity for just such an occasion uh the the boardroom itself so that no one else can use it and they are forced to use the coffee table um (laughs) but until i come back you can find me at the Carton Cast. Yes, I remember my other podcast. It is a cartoon review podcast I do with my brother. We talk about old cartoons at fancybat.com slash cartoncast. And Gary, where can people find you? In the middle of an evil hub being surrounded by fighting good guys and bad guys and shit. Like you always oh. see, you know. Uh, Man, it sounds like an evil hubbub. From the... <laughs> Until Hawkgirl shows up, then it's an evil hubba hubba. Hubba hubba. You got that right. I can be seen chewing hubba bubba in my evil hubba hub. Wow. I didn't think there was a fourth one. I got it. I figured it out. So I can be found in the center of this thing hosting various things at the Wax Nostalgic Network. Links for everything in the show notes. So, Ben, this has been a crazy three-part arc and uh, a lot of fun discussing it with you. Totally. And uh, we'll tune in. One more time and do this all over again. Join us. Uh, join us for the wrap up. Join us. We'll see you there. Perfect. Nice. Ish. Perfect ish. 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 Thank you for listening to The Watchtower. To find out more about this show or any of our other shows, visit us on the web at www.waxnostalgicnetwork.com.